0: This is episode 96, How Light Affects Our Sleep, Fertility, and Our Child's Behavior and More with Andy Mant. I am so excited for you guys to hear this interview we did with Andy Mant from Blue Blocks Glasses. He dives really deep uh, into some cool science behind our circadian rhythms and how light affects it. And so... As you go down, know that it's very intellectual and we do dive deep into the science, but I do think it's really applicable to everybody. And then the second disclaimer I want to give before you listen is that somehow we have an echo in, there's just, the audio is a little echoey and we couldn't um, edit it out. So I apologize for that ahead of time, but I hope you love the information. Happy listening.
1: Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner.
2: We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books
0: and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Taryn Griffin. I'm Caitlin
1: Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Hi, everybody.
0: This is Tara Lynn, and we are so excited. We have. Andy Mant on with us all the way from Australia. He is the founder of a company called Blue Box. And Andy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your specific title and how you came to be in this field?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, thank you so much for having me on your amazing show. I'm really excited to talk um, to your beautiful audience and and community as well and and hopefully empower some people to uh, you know improve their their health and wellness using light so I I thank you both for that. Um, So I'm I'm in Australia so you're recording this on Wednesday and it's Thursday for me so that's crazy in terms of time zones but um, you know we've got the joy of technology now so we can have this this conversation and um, yeah I've been in Australia for About ten years now. um, The more astute of your listeners will notice that my my accent is actually British.
0: Mm. So I moved
3: over from a little county um, in England called Dorset um, back in two thousand and eleven, very early two thousand and eleven, to Australia um, in seek of sort of more opportunities and a better life. And when I moved over to Australia, um, my personal story is I was in, in quite bad shape sort of physically and also um, sort of from a health perspective as well. I had a lot of things wrong with me in my 20s. Um, I put on a lot of weight and, you know, I followed a lot of government guidelines, suggestions, nutritional bodies on, on how to lose weight and get healthy and none of it worked for me. And I, I kind of led myself down this path of, of self-education and digging out, academic peer-reviewed studies on nutrition and figuring out what worked best for me and I lost a lot of weight and um, I gained uh, a lot of my health back which was fantastic and when I got into light um, it, it came off the back of that that real sort of thirst to learn more about how I work as an individual and how people work from a biological perspective and I wanted to always improve myself and I felt my health was was good and it was improved but I felt that since my teenage years my sleep was terrible and that led me to research sleep and how that works i got into something called circadian rhythms which is our body clocks and learned how they worked and um, i found that you know sleep was always tied to light and dark cycles and how the wrong type of light or the wrong kind of the day uh, wrong time of the day can actually impact your your sleep um and what I also found when I continued to go down the rabbit hole of, of light after I found that, I found that light impacts our hormones. Um, it impacts how we, um, how we feel, it, not just how we sleep. Um, it impacts fertility. It impacts, um, you know, mental health. And the more and more science I started reading on this stuff, I just thought to myself, how is this not being spoken about? It's, you know, there's thousands of studies on this, yet no one's speaking about it. And, you know, that led me then to try and improve my sleep by wearing blue light blocking glasses. You know, the the sort of red lens, orange lens glasses that you wear a couple of hours before you go to bed to help yourself sleep. And I bought a couple of cheap pairs off Amazon and um, noticed a little bit of an improvement, but not much. And that was when I decided, right, I, I don't think these are working in line with what the science is saying. We should be blocking in terms of the correct light frequencies. So I took them to a laboratory in Australia and said, can you test them and tell me what light they're blocking? And lo and behold, you know, out of the 30 pairs of glasses that I actually eventually bought from Amazon and eBay um, that claim to help with your sleep and block blue light, none of them actually did. And that was where I just decided, you know what, I need to start a company that sells blue light glasses that aren't made in a factory somewhere in, you know, Asia, but made in Australia under laboratory conditions, and actually block in line with what the amazing doctors and PhDs have found in the academic literature to be the harmful effects of um, harmful wavelengths of blue light. So that was really how I found my way to where I am today. And what we, what we decided to do was that you know blue light is trending at the moment. There's no doubt about it. People are starting to hear more and more about the dangers of blue light. And when something starts to trend it, it can become very dangerous for people because there's so many brands out there that know how to market good products um or market their products but they have no understanding of you know quantum biology or physics um how light works at a um you know hormonal level within our bodies so they just buy some random product from, from china say from a factory brand it up and market it as blue light blocking glasses and, and they don't actually do anything good for your health so i set about with the mission of you know what profit second education first and this is why you know, this is, I think my 121st podcast in, in about 18 months, um, that I've done speaking about this from different levels, because I just want to empower people. And, and if they want to buy our products, brilliant. If they don't, that's fine. I just want to give them the science so they know and understand exactly how blue lights impacting them and, and kind of what to, um, look out for and, and some hacks to improve their light hygiene and, and get, you know, the optimal health that they deserve
0: wonderful that is so fascinating to me first of all your journey getting here and second of all the whole concept of blue light is fairly new to me i feel like i started doing a little research about it maybe a couple of years ago so in the realm of things that's fairly new so can you share with our listeners for those who are new to the concept of what blue light even is and and why i want to just take a minute and say you might wonder, wonder why on a parenting podcast we're talking about blue light and it is because The more I've looked into it, the more I've realized it is connected. And I think sleep in general is connected to so much of how we live, how we show up for the people in our lives and for our kids. It has a huge impact on a lot of aspects of their lives. So to me, this information is so valuable. It's definitely more into the health realm than a lot of any of our, in fact, any of our other episodes have been on, but I am so thrilled to first of all, learn more myself because I do think it's a fascinating subject, but also I love the idea of empowering our listeners with more information on how they can improve their own lives and the lives of their kids. So could you say, if somebody has never heard of this, why are we talking about blue light and tell us a little more about the science behind it and how it impacts our lives?
3: Yeah, that's a brilliant, brilliant starting point. And, you know, as, as this conversation progresses, people, um, if people decide to hold on and, and, and hear it out, um, we will definitely get on to talking about how light impacts you know, us from a fertility level, pregnancy, hormonal level, when it comes to the reproductive system, our kids, our babies, etc., cetera, and, and how to get a better night's sleep as well. So it's definitely worth uh, persevering through the science, but I'll, I'll keep it as, as sort of layman term as I can. So blue light, okay. So blue light is a frequency of visible light. So think of a rainbow in the sky, okay? You see all different colors and that's the frequencies of light that are emitted onto our planet by the sun. So you've got your, your blues, your violets, your greens, your yellows, your, you know, your, your oranges and your reds and each different frequency of light. So each different color interacts with our body at a hormonal level very differently. And it turns out that blue light is fantastic during the day um, because it makes us feel alert and awake. Um, it keeps cortisol levels fairly high, which is a good thing during the day. Even though people think that's a stress hormone, it's a good thing during the day to it keeps us active. Um, and what happens is after dark is that once the sun has set and there's no blue light present, our bodies can then start producing something called melatonin, which is a sleep hormone and an antioxidant, which helps us unwind, de-stress and get ready for sleep. So you've got two sources of blue light in our world at the moment, okay? You've got natural sunlight, which the sun rises in the morning and the sky's blue when there's no cloud and rain. Um, And that light tells us that it's daytime and to be alert and awake. Now, we've also got another source of light that we've now brought into our world um, through LEDs, which is artificial light. Now, this light is very high in the blue range and not very high in the other colors. So what happens is if you come home after sunset and turn on your house lights, or maybe you open your fridge door, um, maybe you open your oven to cook something, watch TV, turn, turn on your smartphone, your laptop, um, maybe your um, appliances have little LEDs on them. They're all emitting blue light. And what that's telling your body after sunset is that it isn't nighttime anymore. It's daytime still. Keep cortisol levels high. Don't produce sleep hormone. So we struggle to get to sleep. We struggle to unwind. Um, And then that impacts our sleep and leads us to feel tired the next day. It can cause us to become insulin resistant. It can wreak havoc with various other hormones in our bodies, like stress hormones. Um, And again, later, I'll talk about it our fertility hormones and reproductive system as well. Um, So what we need to do is, and this all, before I go to that, actually, this all leads back to circadian rhythms. Okay. So I mentioned a little bit earlier when I was introducing myself, we all have, a clock system in our body. Okay. It's in the brain and it's called our circadian rhythm, our biological rhythms, our body clock. Okay. And that clock evolved millions of years ago in all mammals to secrete hormones at different times of the day, based on what light signals it got received from the eyes. So as you can imagine from our ancestors, we would have evolved and and operated during the day outdoors under the sun. So we would have got all these different messages throughout the day telling us what hormones to suppress and what hormones to release. And then after sunset, we would have had just campfires, which are reds and oranges and yellows. No blue light would be present and that would produce our melatonin, help us sleep. But fast forward you know, a million years or however long, and with the advent of artificial lighting, we've got this ancient circadian rhythm in our bodies that tells the time or has learned and evolved to tell the time from the sun to now living under hundreds of mini artificial suns during the day and during the, the night time. So we're not allowing our circadian rhythm to operate properly, which stops the, the, the production of melatonin, sleep hormone, antioxidants, keeps our cortisol levels jacked up really high, which causes anxiety, chronic stress, depression um and generally wreaks havoc with us from a a health and wellness perspective and completely destroys our sleep so you know what we need to do is we need to start thinking to ourselves right how do I get back to living how our circadian rhythm wants us to live and you've got two options you know you either throw away all your technology and live in the middle of a field which is not practical and and I wouldn't wish anyone to do that or you can biohack for a better term, your environment. So make sure that you have got as little as possible blue light after sunset, wearing blue light blocking glasses that filter out the entire blue and some of the green light spectrum. Um, you know, and there's a few other hacks we can talk about later on as well. So, you know, that's in a nutshell what blue light is. It's both good and bad, but if you get it at the wrong time of the day from artificial sources, you're gonna wreak havoc with your sleep, disrupt your circadian rhythm and completely mess your hormonal system up.
2: Wow. Yeah, that is so interesting. I feel like um, it's so cool to learn like how much light really does impact us. And I got to say, I don't think I knew a lot of that stuff. So that is so interesting. I'd like to know a little bit more kind of starting with um, how like babies, how does this light impact baby circadian rhythm? And then kind of also how does it impact our kids from there?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the interesting thing with circadian rhythms is a baby isn't born with one um mm-hmm. it's something they have to develop based on their environment and you know this makes complete sense because totally <laughs> is that why they
0: have circadian- their days and nights yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, yeah. No, I'll, explain, I'll explain i'll explain why so it makes sense to me but it makes complete sense because what what constitutes an operational circadian rhythm it's light and dark cycles. So when they're in the womb, there's only going to be dark cycles. So they won't have a circadian rhythm. They'll have the the genes and the clock proteins present in their brain to form a circadian rhythm. But it's not the internal environment. It's the external environment that helps develop a baby's circadian rhythm. Now, during pregnancy, you can impact the genes and the proteins that then go on and form the clock system. And I can talk about that again later because we're talking about the baby. The baby's out now and the baby needs to develop a circadian rhythm. So. There's two ways in which a baby develops a circadian rhythm, okay? The first one is, is the obvious one that I've just spoken about, which is light and dark cycles. So if you're, it takes about three to six months for a baby to develop a circadian rhythm. So you need to make sure that the baby is subjected to the correct light at the correct time of days. So that's making sure that you know, you're in the baby's room or wherever the baby is, there's a lot of natural light. You know, I'm not talking about taking the baby out and, you know, holding it up to the sun or anything like that, Um, (laughs) maybe being in a very well naturally lit room, maybe sitting outside in the shade with the baby um, and the blue light that will pass through the baby's eyes during the day will tell the baby's brain to develop a circadian rhythm based on, well, this is daytime. This is when I need to be awake. This is when I need to be operational. And then after sunset is the most critical time because typically people will have their baby with them. They'll be watching TV without any blue light glasses on. Um, and then that blue light is going to keep telling your, your baby that it's daytime, that, you know, they don't need to start producing the melatonin. They don't need to start, um, dropping their cortisol levels and it will just take longer for the baby's circadian rhythm to develop under those conditions. And to be fair, a lot of the studies that have been done on this show that if the baby is exposed to artificial blue light after um, sunset, the circadian rhythm may actually be dysfunctional when it's developing, which can actually lead to um, issues with learning difficulties. Um, something called attention deficit hyperactive disorder can be increased by a disrupted circadian rhythm in, in babies and, and small children. Mm, now, the best thing you can, you can do after, after sunset Um, is when you have your your baby and for yourself as well is to install red light bulbs in your house okay Um, we actually have red light bulbs that that we produce here with no flicker no emf and i can talk a little bit more about those later and what those terms mean Um, but the red light's not going to disrupt your baby or your circadian rhythm in the evenings yourself wearing blue light glasses obviously is, is a good thing to do but in the baby's room when it's when it's sleeping it's important not to have any blue light in there. So if you've got say a, um, you know, a, a toy that's above them that moves around and lights up, like make sure there's no blue light being given out by that. If there's the baby needs a night light, make sure it's admitting only red light and not blue light. Cause you don't want to use blue light because it's going to stimulate the, the baby's um, development of the circadian rhythm to think that it's always the daytime. So you're going to have a problem. Right Now, the, the, <laughs> the second way it's going to blow your mind. Okay. And you've probably read this if you read any of my my articles on it. Um, and it only came out about maybe nine months ago, they found this, okay. They found something called chrononutrition as being as important as light in, in training and creating a baby circadian rhythm. So what they did in this, this study is that they analyzed breast milk that was pumped from a new mum, Um, and they analyzed breast milk that was pumped during the day, and they analyzed breast milk that was pumped after sunset. And what they found was that the breast milk that was pumped during the day was very high in cortisol. And as I mentioned earlier, blue light stimulates cortisol. What does cortisol do to our bodies? It makes us feel alert and awake. Mm -hmm. So you've got this daytime breast milk that contains cortisol. And what they found with the breast milk that was pumped after sunset, there was no cortisol level, um, no cortisol present in the milk but there was extremely high levels of melatonin and tryptophan. And these are two hormones that induce sleepiness and relaxation in in people. So what they decided was and, and concluded from this experiment was that to give your baby the best chance of having the best circadian rhythm, which means the best hormones and the best energy and function is that you need to, if you're pumping your breast milk, you need to ensure that the baby has the breast milk pumped during the day, during the day, because it's high in cortisol. If you give someone cortisol in the middle of the night or for a night feed, it's like giving them a cup of coffee. You know, it's just gonna-
0: <laughs> Wow. Them and, gonna
3: <laughs> and if you're doing a night feed, you need to make sure that you're giving the baby the milk that was pumped after sunset because it contains all the sleepy um, hormones and the relaxation hormones. So when you're pumping your breast milk, make sure you label the times of day And that you're not giving your baby that shot of espresso in the middle of the night and equally you're not giving your baby the night pumped breast milk during the day to make them more and more sleepy um so i found that absolutely fascinating and what the study also went on to talk about was how when a mother has a disrupted circadian rhythm the hormone hormone levels within the breast milk can actually be altered as well So, for instance, it gets deeper. If a mother is pumping the breast milk sat under artificial light watching TV in the evening, the melatonin levels within that breast milk is going to be lower than if a mother had basically pumped that breast milk with no blue light present and only red light present. So it just blows your mind how much the color of light that you're sitting under and doing things under can impact hormones and also impact even the, the quality, nutritional and hormonal quality of the milk you're giving your baby as, as well.
0: Wow. wow. I, I actually love this because I feel like what you're saying is that physically, I mean, just like what we model emotionally for our children, how we model it affects our kids. This is fascinating to me because you're saying scientifically, but also literally what we do with our bodies. I mean, and this is obvious as I'm saying, necessarily that's how obvious it is but that even when it comes to circadian rhythms as we model it it literally physically affects our babies that yeah. is and also it makes me realize again my mind is blown at the human body that our bodies can even do that yeah seriously i mean how specific breast milk can be wow it just makes me in awe of the whole the whole process i know so- it's
3: absolutely absolutely amazing isn't it and it's you know it's it's very much that sort of developmental theory of um you know, childhood development as well, and in so much that you know, your listeners and you guys would have heard that you know the kind of environment that the baby is in when they are inside the womb has a profound effect on how they will develop, um, both physically and neurologically as they develop through through childhood. And you know, we've seen it in various models in um, scientific stud- studies on on obesity. Um, you know, children that. Uh, held in um, a womb where the mother is extremely stressed all the time um, can actually make the the child more more prone to obesity and diabetes um, as they progress through their their childhood and, and teenage years. And the same is true from a light perspective as well. If if a mother's circadian rhythm is is really messed up, then you know there's a potential that you know the um, that the, the child may not reach, you know, the expectations or potential is the word I was looking for that, that, that the child could have had if the mother's circadian rhythm and light hygiene was actually correct um, during the, um, you, you know, the, the, the carrying stage of, 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 of the child. So, you know, you got to, you know, so many people talk about it from, you know, or eat healthy exercise when you're pregnant, but so many, so many people aren't talking about it from a light perspective. And you know what I want to caveat here is I'm not saying that you know diet and exercise aren't important I think they're extremely important but I think when it comes to overall wellness and and health and um, you know not just for the mother um, you know the father as well and and also that the the child that's going to be going to be born into the world that there's there's multiple pillars of health you know there's there's well-being mental health there's light there's um, you know avoidance of electromagnetic frequencies bluetooth wi-fi microwaves there's also um you know exercise there's so many different pillars of health and you know i would hate to be you know come across as a zealot talking just that you know all you need is light and everything's going to be fine i just think it's another amazing string to have in one's bow um for optimal wellness both from a a mother and a father perspective but also from your your newborn child and upwards um, perspective as well
2: Mm -hmm, Totally. I think that awareness is so important. It's just good to know
3: all
0: of Mm -hmm. And I think anytime we add tools, I'm always, I feel like I'm always giving the caveat of (laughs) when we find tools, the last thing we want is for people to feel overwhelmed or that because they didn't know this and maybe they've had their babies. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know about this. For me, it's like any other piece of information. We take it. When we know it, we add it to our toolbox and we make changes if we feel so inspired at that point because there's no going back in time. Right. But, exactly. um, but it's just like anything we learn. There are so many things that I feel like if I was closed off to the possibility of changing because I hadn't done it in the past, you'd really lose out on a lot of improvements in life. This is just, this to me is one of those examples of, I hadn't even heard about the, the concept of it until a couple of years ago, but the more I have been researching it and doing little things in my home it has made a difference. So I would say to our listeners, wherever you're at, if you're feeling that little like prick of like, Oh no, I've already carried babies and I haven't done any of this. It's totally, it's fine. We know, as we learn, we just make the changes that work, that work for us. So as you're listening, just make the changes that sound that are resonating with you. So could you tell us, Andy, I have a couple questions about what you've been saying. First, I want to know, Um, as we talk as parents, I mean, sleep is just this like coveted, amazing, elusive for many people, elusive. You're already waking up in the night with a baby and then you don't have, like, I don't even have a baby anymore. And I still have a four-year-old who's coming in and bad dreams and, you know, all sorts of things waking me up in the night with my children. So can you tell me a little bit about if we do things to manage our circadian rhythms and our light, even if our sleep is being disrupted by external forces, like a hungry baby or children waking up for whatever reason, is it possible to make the actual quality of our sleep better? Even with those disruptions, like how does that, how do those external disruptions affect our circadian rhythm? And will this help
3: with that? Brilliant, brilliant question. And and I'm glad you've, you've, you've asked that one and, you know, before I answer that, um, you know, I, d- I don't want to worry or scare anyone with, with these things that I'm saying. And, and the good thing is with um, circadian rhythms is they reset each day. So you oh, wow. can literally every, and that's why we have to have the light and dark cycles because it resets our, our body clocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't practiced any of these things whilst carrying your child and um, you know it's 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 not the be-all and end-all like you, you can correct their circadian rhythms very quickly like within 24 hours you can you can notice a difference this is how powerful this stuff is so you know it's not like you know i want people thinking oh i didn't do this and you know i'm not giving my child the best start you absolutely are it's it's you're doing everything you can and it's now just tweaking and refining it to you know accelerate their, their potential. So it's, yeah, it's not one of those things that if you haven't done it, it's, it's terrible. It's very easily fixed.
0: That's so that's greating, yeah. really. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. That's wonderful. No, that's
3: okay. It's, it's the truth. And, you know, I just don't want to, don't want to scare people, um, as well, but yeah, going back to your question, um, which is a really good one. So there's a really, there's, there's really a lot of misleading information when it comes to sleep. Um, you know, sleep seasonal, Um, you know, this, this whole, you need eight hours of sleep is like saying that every single person needs to eat 2000 calories a day. It it makes absolutely no sense. Sleep is an individual need. Um, depending on the quality um, of sleep you're getting, depending on your, um, DNA, um, and your genetic sequencing, um, I can get by on a lot less sleep, um, than my partner. And we've, we've had you know, very extensive genetic modeling done on our DNA to determine that as well. So it's very different per person. So we need to get out of this habit of I need eight hours sleep. What you do when you sleep is you have three cycles um, that last 90 minutes. And that goes from a light sleep to a deep sleep and then into REM sleep. So the quality of your sleep is determined by how much deep and REM sleep you get. So deep sleep is the type of sleep where you, it would take a really loud noise to wake you up. For instance, you're in a real deep sort of comatose state. um, You know, very still, you're not moving around, you won't know you're in that kind of sleep because you're not dreaming. And that's a stage of the sleep that that does a lot of something called autophagy and apoptosis. Now in layman's terms, that is the repair and clearance of damaged and dying cells in our body. So it keeps us healthy in terms of you know, clearing out any damaged or dying cells that could later lead to, to cancers and nasty things like that. So that's very important to get. Now, the, the, the next important stage of sleep is REM, which is rapid eye movement sleep. And this is when you're dreaming. And it comes at the end stage of your sleep cycle. Um, and you'll know that you're in this sleep because you'll have dreams. Um, and this is a great part of sleep, because what it does is it consolidates memories, and it files away informations um, in the brain. It also helps with the prevention of neurological issues, such as dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So those are the two important phases of sleep. So as long as you're getting three of those a night, um, typically, you're going to be okay, some people may need four, some people may need five, it really depends. But, you know, I guess for the ease of it, um, pick a regular bedtime and a regular wake time and try and stick to that and see how you feel by tweaking less sleep versus more sleep. Mm. So, you know, the, say for instance, you got six hours of deep and REM sleep. Um, that would be much better than having eight to 10 hours of light sleep because the magic happens when you're in deep and REM sleep. So, mm. the question that you asked is how, you, how do you get more of that? Um, and also with the wake ups, which I'll cover in a bit. Now, the way deep sleep and REM sleep is initiated is dependent on a correctly functioning circadian cycle of melatonin production. Now, what that means is there's levels of melatonin that you can produce based on your light environment. So if you're sat watching TV, no blue light glasses on, no red light present, you'll probably produce between you know, two and 5% of the potential melatonin that you can produce. Melatonin is something that, Will then in, increase throughout the night and, and put you into those deep and REM state sleeps mm. if you wear and one study 2001 buckhart et al showed that if you wear amber tinted glasses two to three hours before bed you can increase your melatonin by about 149 wow. percent so just by wearing a pair of quirky orange red lenses two to three hours before you go to bed you're going to have a lot more melatonin which will mean a better quality of sleep now you know polyphasic sleep aside which is which is quite rare in the in, in the population, waking up during the night is a very natural thing to do. you know we would have slept ancestrally and I always go back to ancestrally with almost you know quote unquote one eye open from predators and uh, all else trying to hunt us whilst we sleep so waking up during the night to, to loud noises or um, you know a, a four year old coming into your bedroom is, is completely normal um, it's completely fine but if you are practicing the the correct light hygiene requirements by wearing those blue light blocking glasses, before you go to bed, you're going to be reaping the benefits of better quality sleep and not just having light sleep and then being woken up. And it also, it also comes down to the light that you're waking up to. So is the little one coming in your bedroom in the morning and, you know, switching on your light and putting blue light straight for your eyes? Because if that happens, your melatonin levels will switch off completely and take about 30 minutes to an hour to reboot again once that light's turned off. Oh, right. So you, you ultimately want to have a red light bulb in your bedroom. So if the little one comes in and switches on the light, that red light won't impact that melatonin at all. It, it, it just doesn't. They've tested red light and it doesn't impact melatonin. So what happens is when the little one comes in, wakes you up and, you know, you either allow the little one to sleep in your bed or take them back to their their room as long as you're not exposing yourself to blue light you'll be able to get back to sleep almost instantly Um, and if you don't want to install red light into your bedroom um because not everyone wants the brothel look um you can wear blue light glasses you know have them on your um side of your bed and put them on if you have to put the little one back to bed so know it really doesn't matter about those wake-ups it's just making sure the light environment is correct and you know night feeding is another one for the the younger children is that you don't want to get up and reach that bottle of cortisol filled daytime pumped milk um you know and then go into a blue lit um you know just standard led light room where the baby is and start feeding the baby because number one it's going to disrupt the baby circadian rhythm. And two, you're not going to be able to get back to sleep for about an hour, you're going to be tossing and turning. And if you do go back to sleep, you're only going to be getting light sleep because your melatonin levels, which is the sleep hormone and also the antioxidant that clears out um, all the inflammation in your body to help repair your body is not going to be in a high enough state to enable the most optimal level of sleep. So it all comes back to You know not worrying about the wake-ups but what light environment are you in before you go to bed you know are you watching tv got your house lights on no blue blockers then getting woken up in the night and those lights are going on you you know you're going to just have a a wrecked circadian rhythm it's going to be so bad and it will catch up with you in time um and it's also not going to help your child either because they're exposing themselves to that that blue light as well so you know as opposed to someone that is watching their tv but they've got a red light bulb in the lamp and they've got blue light blocking glasses on. Um, and then when they go put the baby to bed or put the, the young child to bed, there's no blue light in their room. They've got the red light, which will help them sleep as well. You know, they're wearing kids, blue light blocking glasses as well. Make sure they've got them on a couple of hours before they go to bed. And then, you know, touch with hopefully that the nighttime wakings will reduce because their quality of sleep will be better. But if they do inevitably get up and wake you up, they're not going to disrupt your sleep by, pulsing the incorrect color of light into your eyes when ancestrally your circadian rhythm cannot handle that.
0: Mm. This is bringing up so many amazing questions in my mind as you're talking with my own children. I hadn't ever considered, I don't know why. So it's my four-year-old every night, he comes down at about four and he just climbs into our bed. But uh, he has in his room, I've been very intentional about the kind of light that's in his room and the kind of light that's in my room but he walks down the hallway that's lit with just like he turns on the regular lights on his way. So I'm thinking to myself, I need to rethink that whole walk. You know, he walks a good for probably a good 45 seconds down some stairs. So my question for you is, do you have to do the full blown red? So say for example, if I have a few light switches that I leave on in the night so that he doesn't get you know, like bump into walls, does it have to be red or tell me the difference between I noticed in your products you have the red and then you have the more it's kind of like a yellowy orange does that the yellowy orange color still have too much blue for the middle of the night or do you do you really just need to go all the way red for a few of your light switches what can you tell me the difference between those two shades and the difference in the middle of the night it makes on us
3: yeah absolutely and it's it, it all depends on how far you want to take it okay yeah so do you want you know the 100 percent optimal solution and if you do then it's red light but it might be a little bit more difficult to see by and we don't want um your, your um your son did you say sorry your...
0: yeah yeah my youngest
3: yeah you don't want him falling down the stairs or anything like that so you know you have to weigh that up as well from a safety perspective now what we've also done is the lumi light bulb comes in red or it comes in this yellow orange color as you as you rightly pointed out and what we've done with the yellow orange one is we've removed about 80% of the blue light. So there's still a little bit present, but it's not going to have the same effect as, you know, it's not going to be as good as the red, but it's going to be a hell of a lot better than using just standard LEDs. Cause what comes in in standard LEDs is a ferocious spike in blue light. And it's, it's hard to explain because you need to see an image of it but. Um, it's just this big spike of of blue, very high spike. So what we've done is we've decided to remove that spike and just add in some subtle blue at the upper end of the blue light spectrum. So they are totally fine for after dark use. Um, They're probably going to give you 90% optimal um, compared to 100% with the red. So there's not a huge difference. Um, And when you talk about optimal, you know, the the standard LEDs that you've got are 0% optimal because it's just, the 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 exact frequency of light that's going to stimulate your mind they decided to put into leds um believe it or not Um, so they would be a good compromise now the reason we designed two colors was during the day and this is i'll keep this one short because it's not really related to um our our discussion i I think on on the whole sort of new mums thing is that um, blue light during the day from artificial sources causes something called digital eye strain so if you're on a computer all day or you're working in an office under artificial light you are going to cause cellular damage to the, um, the cells in your eyes which can be personified in symptoms such as watery dry eyes headaches um, at the end of the day um, migraines maybe so we wanted to take out the frequency of light that was responsible for that which happened to be 460 nanometer blue light and add in a softer, more sort of yellow, um, greens and and oranges and reds into it. So it was initially designed for during the day, but, you know, as you rightly um, raised, you know, the red is is a bit extreme for for after um, sunset and middle of the night for some people. And we've been surprised how many people actually purchased the yellow summer glow, we call it, um, Lumi light bulb to use after um, sunset. And we've seen a few reviews come through saying how much better it is actually having that as opposed to the leds after sunset as well so they can be used yeah it's just a scale of you know one to ten you 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 get ten being the red ones after sunset and probably an an eight or a nine out of ten for the yellow so yeah they're, they're definitely can be used after sunset as well
0: okay would you say they're bright enough to light up a bathroom or are they too
2: dim for that yeah
3: they are very bright they're about twenty-five thousand lumen i think so it's like really really bright Um, so yeah they're going to be as the yellows as bright as your normal leds it's just not as harsh it's a lot softer the lighting um the red is also fairly bright as well um but it just it's a difficult one because you know the the color red is just difficult to see by um you know you, you can you can read a book and you can you can relax with the red light on when you're watching the TV because the red will balance out a lot of the negative effects of the blue. Um, But if you want better acuity and and vision, then yeah, the the yellows are going to be the best for that. And they're definitely bright enough to move around in and and see things very clearly.
0: I love that. I think I'm just going to replace all my bathroom. Because it's always our bathroom lights that are on at night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or a kid stumbling out of the bed to use the bathroom or whatever. So I really love that idea. That'd be an easy change that really won't affect anybody in my household. They won't even know. They'll just get you to know, experience the benefit.
1: We have been hesitant to talk about beauty products on the podcast because the beauty industry can make women feel put in a box or hypersexualized and it hasn't really aligned with our mission here. But we've recently discovered Shine Cosmetics. They are a brand that builds successful, confident, beautiful personas in women, and all of their products are marketed this way. Their eyeshadows have beautiful names like Humble and their products all amplify your natural features. So my very favorite product that I've tried so far is their brow pencil. You can hardly tell that you have done anything to your brows, but it just enhances them. And also, very randomly, their makeup removing towels are amazing. We all know how hard it is to get mascara off. Soap can irritate the eyes. And these cloths just with water take my mascara completely off it is amazing so shine gave us a code find the magic that you all can get 10% off your first order so head over to our show notes and you can use the link there with code find the magic to get 10% off
0: This is probably a good time. You had mentioned earlier just a little bit about bulbs because we're talking about light bulbs, Um, the flickering and EMF, you've also, your light bulbs don't have flickering or EMF stuff. Yeah,
3: Yeah, so it's um, just when you think that, you know, you've you've, you've popped down to Home Depot and you bought some red light bulbs and you put them in and you're all, all pleased with yourself thinking, yeah, I've got this sorted now it's not just the color of light it's also how the light bulbs configured as as how we how it impacts us at a hormonal and cellular level so it it gets deeper and deeper so what happens is um before led lights came out everyone had incandescent light bulbs so they're like those sort of like edison-y type looking um light bulbs um they were very low in blue light very high in yellows and and reds and oranges didn't really disrupt our sleep or you know i was only a Sort of kid back back then in the 90s but you know our parents would have been fine and, and everything would have been hunky dory but um they ran off something called a, a dc electric current and what that meant is that you know the current that was being supplied into that light bulb was very consistent um, so it was a continual stream of light and what they did in the mid 90s late 90s was they decided that these light bulbs were not very energy efficient they cost a lot to run Um, global warming became a big thing so you know everyone was making this conscious effort to um, reduce electricity consumption so what they did was when they invented um, light emitting diodes or leds was that they changed from a DC electric current to an alternating current, an AC current. And what that does is that saves energy by pulsing electric current into a circuit. So you haven't got this continual stream of light, of of energy. You've got these pulsed very, very fast. You can't detect it with the human eye. Um, And that saves the amount of electricity because it's not continually running. But what this does is in electronics um, that have LEDs in them, it causes them to flicker. So if you go up to your house light after this conversation, and you put your smartphone in slow-mo record mode, record a light that's on and play it back to yourself and you'll probably be sick. It's just like a strobe lighting effect. So your brain can, it can't detect it in terms of um, being able to see it with the naked eye, you have to record it in slow-mo. But in order for that to happen, your brain has to work extra hard To piece together the light images that are coming through your retina and by doing that you're placing a hell of a lot of strain on your um on your brain on your neurological system and you can see things in the extreme cases you know when say you watch a program and they say flashing lights are coming up epilepsy warning you can have photosensitive epilepsy all the way down to people that will have really sore eyes by being under this kind of lighting and For myself personally it triggered migraines for me um, and that was a neurological issue i had and i haven't had one in four years since i've been using flicker free lighting so our bulbs are basically still leds but what we've done is we've put an ic switchboard within the bulb so you can run it off an alternating current but when it hits the bulb before it turns on the lighting it switches it to a dc electric current and reduces flicker down to 0.1 percent which is which is fantastic now a lot of people will say as, as well with light bulbs well to reduce the amount of blue light I could just dim my light and that is one of the worst things you can do with with any light bulb because the more you dim a light bulb the higher the flicker rate increases um, mm. because you're messing around with the current so if you've got a dimmer in your house you want to be getting that out very quickly and or not using it putting it on the high is is better for you. Um, But then you've got the issue with the blue light in it. So you need one that goes in that doesn't have the blue light. Now, from an EMF perspective, this is electromagnetic frequencies. Now, there's a lot of natural EMFs on Earth, um, Schumann resonance being one of them, where, you know, there's a certain the Earth oscillates at a certain level of megahertz, which just so happens to coincide with the exact frequency of the cells in our body. Nature has a funny way of matching the internal with the external. So our cells can live in harmony and, and you know replicate and perform optimally if they are in touch with the earth. And a lot of people would have heard of things like grounding or earthing, where people stand barefoot on the earth. And a lot of people would think, oh, that's sort of woo. But when you look at it from a scientific scientific perspective, the Schumann resonance that is happening, the spin of the earth is actually the same as our cells by standing barefoot on the earth actually helps charge those cells in our bodies. Now, like with artificial lighting, we've actually introduced something called non-native EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies into our environment. So you've got things like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, dirty electricity, um, microwaves, and all these um, non-native EMFs oscillate at a higher frequency than the cells in our body oscillate. Now, what that happens is our cells, if they're around that kind of EMF, start to match that oscillation. So what you see is if you're around Wi-Fi a lot, if you're around 4G, 5G, you know, hear a lot of issues about that, dirty electricity, um, microwaves, over time, your cells will start spinning faster replicating and turning over quicker so you see the development of things like cancers uh, a lot younger age because your cells are going through that replication process quicker and also you find that you age quicker as well because the cells are turning over at a, a quicker rate and you know we've seen studies that people have been around emfs and around blue light which is an emf um, the aging of, of their skin can actually um accelerate as as well um, so You know, we've we've got to be very, very careful of the environment we're living in. Like like a big thing for for sleep is turning off your Wi-Fi before you go to bed, Um, not having any plugs or electric on in your room, Um, you know, little hacks like that, because I have electricity in my house. I have Wi-Fi in my house. I have my microwaves, you know, that they're here. But it's how we utilize them and how we hack that environment in order to reduce the dosage that we are receiving um, in order to protect ourselves and, um, you know, mitigate any risks of nasty issues like cancers arising. So what we've done going back to the light bulbs is that we have put in a filter within the light bulb, like a dirty electric filter, which means that there's next to no EMF emitted from that light source as well. So you can sit next to it. um, There's not going to be any negative emfs that are that emitted, are so the cells in your body are going to continue to oscillate at the correct um frequency in line with the earth and then you can um you know rest assured have healthy cells and if people want to see studies on these please jump on our website and um you know drop us a line so i'll happily send them over as well this is not just sort of a, a crazy andy moment this is all sort of backed up by the literature
2: That's cool. So I have a couple of questions with that. So we've talked a lot about light bulbs and I know your glasses can do a lot to block a lot of that bad, the blue light. Um, Mm. But you've talked about some other things. I didn't know that about the Wi-Fi. So what are some, maybe some other things that we can do to improve our light hygiene? um, Like on top of these awesome tools that you have that you've just mentioned, are there other things that we can do?
3: Yeah. There's, there's some really good free tips um that that people should do The, the number one best thing that anyone can do for their circadian rhythm even like number two is blue light blocking glasses before you go to bed like two to three hours but number one is watch the sunrise now as i mentioned earlier our circadian rhythms are governed by light and dark cycles and they evolved you know hundreds of thousands millions of years ago and How did they, what light did they have in the mornings? They had the sunrise. Now, when you watch the sunrise in the morning, you're instantly entraining your circadian rhythm to start ticking correctly. You're going to start producing something called serotonin, which is later used to actually produce melatonin. um, So it's very important. Um, Something called dopamine, um, which makes you feel great uh, as well as serotonin and also cortisol, which gives you that jump start at the beginning of the day, almost like that cup of coffee you need at the beginning of the day. Um, other free hacks include, you know, getting outside regularly for, during the day. If you work in an office, get outside like at least once in the morning, eat your lunch outside once in the afternoon, because the, the frequencies of light that are present in the sun change throughout the day. And that sends messages to our central clock system, which tell us what hormones to release and suppress. So get outside as much as you can. People go outside for smoke breaks. You just go outside for a sun break, you know, rain or shine, get out there and, and get the natural light for your eyes.
2: Okay,
3: that's um, great. So sun is like a big, yeah, big way to light. Yeah, it's such, a good, um, it's such a good hack to do. And what you'll find is you'll, you know, in studies, there's two, two studies that I know of that have shown this, that people that get morning sun, Regardless if they wear blue light blocking glasses or not, sleep better later on in the evening. Um, wow. So it's well worth doing. Okay, like think of a day when you know maybe you go to the beach all day. Like later that night, you'll sleep so much better in the evening because you've been outside in the, the natural light, um, getting all the benefits and all the correct hormones during that, that time of the day. You normally come back exhausted and want to go to sleep early. Um, and you know another another good hack to do as well is is. Um, number two like I said wearing the blue light blocking glasses they're the red sleep plus glasses um, that you wear just two to three hours before you go to bed um, and you won't be able to keep your eyes open you'll be so so tired but in a good way you'll just drift off and just be like wow this this is just after one night's use you're going to sleep incredibly well Um, another good thing as well um, the light bulbs are obviously great um, to install in your house um, where you can if you don't want to do that, then you can install Himalayan pink salt lamps um, around the house that can add some degree of, um, you know, non melatonin disrupting or non disrupting melatonin um, type of light in your house, and that's really handy. Um, sleep mask a very, very good sleep mask is very important as well. Um, 100% blackout ones we, we've got one called Remedy. Um, studies have shown that if um, artificial light hits your closed eyes as you sleep, you can still increase blood glucose levels, which will lead to worse food choices the next day and, and more likelihood higher likelihood of of storing the calories you eat as body fat um, so definitely a completely black out your bedroom with curtains or wear a hundred percent blackout sleep mask is very important um, and I think you know from an it 's still on that light perspective as well but when you look at the work of, of you know, Dr. Alexander Wunsch and, and Dr. Sachin Panda, they talk a lot about circadian meal timings. So there's a, a massive body of evidence now that shows that eating your largest meal before you go to bed is gonna disrupt your sleep. Um, and you're also, if you ate that same meal at the beginning of the day, as opposed to an, you know, after dark, after sunset, you're gonna store the calories very differently as well, because it turns out that every hormone in our body is governed by light. And in the mornings, something called leptin and ghrelin is very high, which are digestive hormones. Um, And if you eat a big meal during the day, you're gonna digest it better and partition those macronutrients a lot better, i.e. not store them as body fat. Again, studies have shown this, but if you eat that same meal under artificial blue light in the evening, you're gonna disrupt your sleep and also store those calories as body fat more easily than if you ate it earlier on in the day. So there's an old adage to live by, which is eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, dinner like a pauper. And there's a hell of a lot of evidence that backs that up as well. So um, those are probably some of the, the, the big light hacks that I would use. And then the one at the end with the meal timing is, is also very important as well. If people wanna take it up, you know, even up to the, you know, the third or fourth level,
0: those are wonderful tips. I think those are really helpful, kind of at all different ends of the spectrum, just depending on how far, like you said earlier, how far you want to take it. Yeah. Those are some really lovely, easy steps, specifically the watching the sunrise. Yeah, I love that. I'm always up before the sunrise, but I like the idea of making an effort to actually be somewhere where I can feel that sun early. Yeah. I think I, I love that idea. And I also think it's fascinating. You mentioned in your own journey that you. Got to a healthier weight when you started using light and sleep and you mentioned it also just barely with the blood glucose levels that's fascinating to me that this kind of stuff and our circadian rhythms has is correlated with being at a healthy weight that is fascinating to me with all the things out there for weight loss and marketing weight loss i feel like i mean what a thing we have at our fingertips that we can just improve our circadian rhythms and our sleep to help us be in a healthy way is kind of, it's really exciting. Yeah, totally. Okay, Andy, well, we have, uh, we had promised our listeners a couple, some information about fertility, using light in helping them with fertility. And you also mentioned earlier things that we can do to help You were talking about building our baby's clocks while they're in our womb with proteins. And I might have that wrong, but those are two things that I know some of our listeners are very excited about. So could you share just a little bit about those two things with us?
3: Yeah, um, on the clock protein side of things. So they've got the clock proteins within their body, um, the the, the children um, or the pre-born babies, um, but they haven't yet produced them into um, or developed them into fully functioning circadian rhythm so when you are carrying your baby um, it's just really important to follow the tips that I mentioned earlier about the sunrise wearing the blue light blocking glasses after sunset and that will really help with um, protecting those clock genes in order for them to mature and develop once they are outside of the womb so Blue light blocking glasses two to three hours before bed. Um, sunrises each morning um, and regular sun breaks is, is probably all you're going to need to to do. You know these are really easy things to to do. It's like wearing a pair of glasses for two or three hours in the evening and, and getting outside for you know an hour a day across five different intervals, and you are going to just put yourself in such an advantage and such a better state um, yourself personally, which will then have a positive effect on the clock genes. Um, and proteins within your um, uh, uh, baby that you're carrying, so that's that's the easy part. Now, um, I can talk a little bit about um, fertility, both uh, female and male, as well. Um, in a nutshell, um, and I've got an interesting blog on the on the website that I'm sure you guys can can link to in in the show mm-hmm. notes about it if people want to read more. But you know, fertility is a a huge or infertility is a huge issue in in the US and I did a little bit of research um, because I'm assuming your audience will probably be um, fundamentally um, American women and and men. So, you know, 6.1 million American women struggle to get pregnant. Like That's too high. Um, And there's got to be ways to to look at um, fixing that. And again, like our caveat that I'm not saying I'm going to fix 6.1 million American women by talking about lights. But if we can fix half that. Um, and the other half find out what the other problem is, then that would be you know, an amazing win there. But you know, the big thing for, for female fertility is, is something called estrogen. Um, and estrogen has been shown in, in multiple studies to actually modify clock genes within the reproductive system of women. So basically what that means is if your estrogen levels become too high or too low, um, which basically means they're running on a mismatched circadian rhythm, they can impact clock genes in the reproductive system. And what this can do is this can lead to issues such as something called polycystic ovary syndrome, or PCOS, which is actually one of the leading causes of infertility um, in women in, in your country and, and the rest of the Western world. Um, and the way estrogen levels can become Dysfunctional is by the wrong type of light. So, if you're under too much blue light, your estrogen levels can, can increase. Um, if you're not getting enough sunlight, you can actually decrease ex- estrogen levels. So, um, it, again, all ties back to, to light. And, you know, the, 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 a lot of studies out there as well talk about melatonin um, for fertility as well. So, as I mentioned earlier, melatonin isn't just a sleep hormone, it's also something called an antioxidant. And an antioxidant is something that clears out um, any inflammation or reactive oxygen species within the the body. So things that are damaging your your body, melatonin comes in and and clears them out. And um, studies have shown that that, that melatonin actually plays a really big role in in egg fertilization um, and embryo viability. And we've also seen studies that show that melatonin, and again, just to caveat this, melatonin can only be produced when wearing blue light blocking glasses after sunset or sitting in the, in the middle of a dark field with a campfire. Mm. So melatonin actually protects the oocyte, um, from oxidative stress as well. So the higher levels of melatonin you have, the more protection you're going to have for the oocyte. Um, and this typically happens more at the time of ovulation. Um, so, you know, that's, that's very, you know, prudent in, in relation to, um, I guess your, your listeners as well. And, um, you know, studies have also shown that, um, going back to the melatonin side of things, that a misaligned melatonin cycle, so not producing enough melatonin, can actually make it more difficult to conceive as well. It's actually very interesting that melatonin seems to play a role in, in all, all of this, from right way from conception all the way to actually giving birth, because typically females will go into labor when their melatonin levels are at the highest, which typically is in the middle of the night, you know, between sort of like 11 p.m. and two to three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's because melatonin reacts with something in the body called oxytocin um, to actually induce labor. So that was sort of, bit of a bit of a side one there. But um, another, another important hormone um, in female fertility, which is influenced by light, is, is something called prolactin. Um, and, you know, this literally means... Production of, of milk, um, and it's scientifically proven to influence fertility rates in women. Um, it's basically influences fertility in women if their clock genes are disrupted within that prolactin cycle, um, and much like estrogen I mentioned earlier, prolactin levels that become too high or too low, and this can basically be as a result of many factors, but light can influence it as well, can increase that risk of PCOS as well, and also mess around with normal ovulation. And this brings me on, again, it would be uh, amiss of me not to mention it, that the World Health Organization has mentioned several times that night shift work is carcinogenic. Okay, Mm. because we're not working in line with our circadian rhythms. We shouldn't be working after sunset. We should be sleeping. As I was mentioning, the the World Health Organization has said that night shift work is carcinogenic. And they did this amazing study um, many years ago now where they took night shift workers and they were nurses and they performed a load of different tests on them. Um, I won't go into all the tests because there were just hundreds and hundreds of them. But one of them that was related to fertility was that they found that. Um, I think 95% of the female nurses that they were studying, and there was a lot in that, I think it was about 30,000 um, across this entire study, it was huge. Um, they found that 95% of them actually had irregular or longer than normal menstruation um, cycles as well, um, just by working night shift work. And that all comes back to light because they're working under blue light. Um, after sunset which is wreaking havoc to that um uh, that fertility system um so yeah there's a few few different things there that um sort of the studies are showing that affects female fertility and it you know the males that are listening to this you know I've got a little bit for for you guys as as well and you know studies have have shown that men who sleep too much or actually not enough are 42% likely um, less likely to conceive with their partner. So it's not just about sleeping enough, it's about sleeping too much as well. And you know, the poor quality and lack of sleep can also lead to a reduction in testicle size in men. And whilst that might sound a bit um, sort of you know, quote unquote comical um, uh, when, when we say it, it's actually really bad because a reduced testicle size means it's more difficult to produce higher volumes of semen and also the quality of the, of the sperm is also really detrimented by that as well. So that's really not, um, not a good thing. And poor sleep can reduce the size and, and impact the sperm quality and quantity. And, you know, the big hormone um, for men, as opposed to women um, who typically run off off estrogen, that sort of um, reproductive cycle men run off testosterone and low levels of testosterone have been shown again to produce lower sperm counts. and the two biggest factors of disrupting um, testosterone is a disrupted cortisol clock, which is too much blue light after sunset, and also poor sleep, which is too much blue light after sunset. So you know by actually wearing your blue light glasses you're going to reduce those cortisol levels. Um, get better sleep and your testosterone levels are going to increase yourself as well. And when you look at it from a more macro perspective rather than the micro, when you dive dive into the literature as well, you find that sperm counts and testosterone levels are actually higher in the mornings um, rather than the evenings, which makes Mm. complete sense. Because, you know, when would you want to be um, having sex from a... um, circadian standpoint it would make sense in the mornings because what are we supposed to be doing after sunset relaxing and you know unwinding and getting ready to sleep not engaging in physical activity so you know it makes complete sense that you know that would happen more in the morning and we're more fertile as men in the morning as well so um oh yeah the, the other big thing with men is something called ASA um, which I'm I'm not sure you guys would have heard about. Maybe, maybe you have, Um, it's called anti-sperm antibodies and Mm. there's a really interesting study that came out, um, about this, um, these antibodies. Now these antibodies are in there to clear out, you know, dysfunctional sperm, keep sperm healthy, ticking over. So it does play a role, but if those levels become too high, the ASA starts destroying healthy sperm which means you have lower sperm counts. And what they found was in this study was they took men that were going to bed after 11 p.m. And they compared them with men who were going to bed, um, sorry, before 11 a.m. Uh, Let me start that again. They compared two studies. One went to bed after 11 p.m. and others went to bed before 11 p.m. And what they found was that the men who went to bed after 11 p.m., had 56% more ASA in their bloodstream than the men who went to bed pre 11 p.m. So it, go, it all ties into circadian rhythms. We shouldn't be staying up that late. We're under the wrong light, keeping us up that late because we're jacked with cortisol. So the men that are going to bed earlier and getting up earlier are going to be far more likely to um, you know, assist in that conception rate because as I mentioned earlier, testosterone levels and sperm counts are highest when in the mornings so if they're going to bed later they're going to have more asa in their bodies which is destroying sperm they're less likely to get up early in the morning so when you are you know then engaging in trying to conceive a, a child the sperm count's already going to be low and the optimal window is then passed to um to actually conceive from a male perspective so um, i guess That's probably it in a nutshell. And, you know, all of this can be corrected just by being under, living under the correct lighting at the correct times of day, going to bed on a regular um, time and getting up early in the morning.
0: Hmm. Those are some really accessible tips totally for people who are trying to conceive. Thank you. That's very helpful. You mentioned, I'm just fascinated. You mentioned getting too much sleep. I've never really thought of that as a problem for most people, but. My question for you is, how do you know if you are getting too much sleep? Is it, do you feel like extra groggy in the morning? Or is there something we can know as we're trying to test out how many hours of sleep we need since it's individual? We, I think we all kind of know when we're sleep deprived, but how do you know if you're getting too much?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You're, um, you'll know if you're getting too much. Ultimately, if you're not aligning your sleep cycles with the actual correct sunrise and sunset cycles. So by that, what I mean is if you're not going to bed within, you know, three to four hours after the sun has set. And again, as I mentioned earlier, sleep is seasonal. So this can change from a seasonal Mm -hmm. perspective. So if you're not going to bed, say, you know, later, you know, if you're not going to bed between sort of nine and 1030 in the evening and then getting up, you know, within 30 minutes of the sun rising, you 're going to be having too much sleep, mm. and obviously that 's it at a very basic level because if you 're disrupting your sleep if you 're not getting good quality sleep, then you may need a little bit more but ultimately, if your circadian rhythm is is functioning correctly, it should be something you don't have to think about you don 't have to go right, I need this exact amount of sleep. your body will tell you
0: mm. now
3: I was never a morning person i used to go to, i used to be one of those guys go to bed after eleven p m and wake up you know. Struggle to get out of bed for work or at weekends, lying till eleven am, um, and you can you can just tell that that is detrimental to your health because of all the health issues I had, the grogginess I felt during the day, and I always thought to myself, and I always used to say it to my wife, I was like, how do people get up that early? That like they're mad. And then now I've just I'm, I'm up twenty minutes before the sun rises. I haven't set an alarm in three years. Mm -hmm. Um, because my body knows exactly when to wake up now because my light hygiene is corrected. So in a roundabout way, there's no real way of telling. It's almost your body will tell you if your circadian rhythm's correct, but pretty much everyone listening to this show will not have correctly functioning circadian rhythms. Some may be okay because they can still get up early in the morning and bounce out of bed, but you know, you just got to make sure that you're watching that sunrise in the morning, you are wearing your blue light blocking glasses before bed going to bed at a respectable time and then you'll find yourself getting up earlier and craving that morning sunlight and then you'll just have the optimal amount of sleep and if you're sleeping long periods past sunrise in the morning then you'll definitely get in too much sleep
0: Mm. so what time do you wake up at i know that's individual for everybody but what is it for you
3: it's seasonal for me. So in the winter, the sun rises here about half seven in the morning, so I'll be up at about that time, and I'll get more sleep in the winter because it's dark. There's more dark cycles. But in the summer, um, the sun's rising now at about half five in the morning, so I'm typically up about quarter past five. Mm. Um, and we look, we don't have daylight savings in Western Australia, so the sun rises as early as half four in the morning, which means I'll be in bed by nine o'clock, and I'll be up at about half four in the morning watching that sunrise and you know, it's hard to say because people that haven't done it will think, well, how am I going to get up at that time of the day? And it's like, well, try watching the sunrise for a week every day. Um, and then you'll be bouncing out of bed every morning for it. Um, and wearing your blue light blocking glasses and it will just happen. You'll be like, oh my God, I'm going to get up. And, you know, I can't lay in anymore. Like as soon as that sun rises, I'm just like bursting with energy to get out of bed and, and just start my day. And, So few people have that feeling now because, you know, 99% of the population has just got a destroyed circadian rhythm. And the, the good thing is, is that, you know, just a few days of watching that sunrise and wearing blue light, blocking glasses after sunset, going to bed at a reasonable time, you're going to be feeling like that, like within a few days, it's that quick because you can reprogram that circadian rhythm very, very quickly just by doing these, um, these easy things on a daily basis.
2: That is so cool. That makes me like really excited to just do this, like to wake up, see the sunrise, do all this. I'm really excited about that.
0: And it's great for morning. We're really into morning routines
2: around here. So that's just adds totally. to that beauty. Like. Totally. Um, I've got to ask one question because you talked about, you know, some of your previous, you know, health issues that you had before and you talked about migraines and headaches. And this is actually something that I, I am dealing with. I feel like I get probably, especially lately, I've probably gotten a headache every week, which for me is just way too much. And they range from anywhere from maybe just annoying to like debilitating. So I've got to ask the question do, with headaches. So how can you like, maybe go into a little bit? Cause I feel like headaches is also a really hard thing to diagnose for anybody who is there, because there's just a thousand different things that could be causing it. But as I'm hearing you talk about this light hygiene thing, I'm like wondering if this is an answer for me of something to really try because, you know, I've tracked a lot of other things. So I don't know for someone, for me, like with headache stuff, um, would you say like, obviously doing like some of the light bulb changes, wearing the glasses, doing the sunrise, like you've mentioned a few different things, which I'm going to try all of them. Um, is there anything else that you could add to that with, kind of like dealing with that
3: yeah Yeah, absolutely and i was i was one as well that had debilitating migraines Um, and yeah i fixed it with with light hygiene and also um, for me my genotype um actually reducing um, caffeine consumption um was a trigger for me Um, but from a headache perspective um you know typically it is a light issue because of the flicker
1: Mm -hmm. um
3: your brain's working extra hard having to piece together the images you don't know it but your whole environment is just flickering around you like a a, a disco um so definitely changing the light bulbs will help you getting outside a lot more um get those sunglasses off and get the, 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 the you know natural raw sunlight through those eyes um for various small periods of the day so your your brain is um you know getting natural light rather than this pulsed Artificial nonsense that we're living under. Um, but another thing you can do as well is you can try um, computer glasses. So these are often confused and mismarketed as blue light glasses. Um, they're the ones with the clear lenses. Um, we, we, we sell those as, as well. And they're used during the day to reduce blue light down because you don't want to block blue light during the day because you need it. Um, but we get too much of it from artificial sources. So if you find the right pair of computer glasses that focuses on the nasty blue spike that comes from LED sources, you can reduce it down by about 30%, which actually causes you to have less headaches throughout the day because you're getting less cellular damage through the eyes. Um, You're reducing flicker by 30% because you're blocking out 30% of the flickering light, um, which is going to mean your brain doesn't have to work as hard piecing together light images to form that actual image of what you're seeing. So those are the the big bits of advice i can give blue light computer glasses and changing the um changing your light bulbs and if people have a similar issue um if they just jump on our website and have a read of i think there's about a thousand five star reviews on there at the moment you can actually search by the computer glasses or by the key term headache and read all the reviews of it's probably about 10 percent of them there's probably a good 100 people in there that are basically saying don't get headaches anymore wearing these glasses changing the light bulbs unbelievable and I was a skeptic but I tried it and oh my god and you know how did I you know not um how did I not know about this before and then they say like you know I forgot my glasses today and didn't wear them and um you know now realize that how important it is to have blue light filtering um you know glasses on during the day as well to help with headaches so that's probably your best best tips to, to use. It probably is a light issue um, and it's probably getting too much blue light during the day from artificial sources and also too much flicker.
2: Okay, that's incredible. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm like really excited to try some of this. This is awesome. Amazing. Well, Andy, we could talk
0: to you forever. I mean, I have, as you talk, I just have more and more questions in my mind, but we <laughs> will have that be our last scientific question. And can you tell us if our listeners want more, I know I want more information. I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to spend the next few weeks just reading all of your articles. Uh, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and uh, get more information and have access to your amazing products?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I write once a week um, for the blog um, on our website. So that's blueblocks.com, B L U e-l-o-x.com and they're very easy to understand blogs Um, you know there's a little bit of science in there and links to studies if people want to dive deeper but we go over all the basics on there and there's a big learn section on the website that people can check out as well Um, and they can also contact us through our um, website as well if they have any specific questions about what glasses they need or maybe they want to tell us what their routine is and how our products can fit in with um, improving their light hygiene. And I've got a team of um, very highly trained customer service reps that know all about blue light and can help you choose, you know, the correct products for your current situation. So that's the best place to find me. And I also once a week do a YouTube video If people like to watch videos on things. Um, So if they just go to the blue blocks, YouTube channel, again, that's just B L U B L O X in YouTube. They can find my weekly videos in there, but if they subscribe, to our mailing list on our website. I send them out, um, you know, once a week, the blog and also the, um, the video once a week to that as well. So people get alerted to it and can then watch a little bit more and in, you know, upskill themselves in light hygiene every week. So that's the best place to to find me.
0: Wonderful. And you have a code for our Mm -hmm. listeners, especially for your products, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And if, if people want to, improve their their light hygiene and and try some of our products um it's 30-day risk-free you know return and exchange policy so people can give them a a go but you'll be amazed and won't want to return them i guarantee you that um we ship with dhl express from australia and even during these pandemic times we're finding delivery times to be about five business days which is really quick from, from perth um, and we've got a 15% off code for your listeners as well. It's just find the magic. Um, so if they type that in at checkout, they'll get 15% off as well. And shipping is free um, all over the world. So we would recover we that cost as well for people.
0: Oh, wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you. That is very generous for our listeners. And listeners, we'd love to hear back from you if you end up trying these and how it improves your life. It's really, really exciting. Well, Andy, thank you again for your time. We would love to end with how we end with all of our people that we interview. And that is, if you have one habit, now it's, we have been talking about a habit. So I'm excited to see, is this the habit or is it a different one? Uh, That's a game changer and really helps you find the magic in your life every day.
3: Yeah, I think it's a really good one. And there are lots that you can do. But the one that really stands out to me is, is sunrises. Watch that sunrise. It's free easy to do, and you are going to just have such good sleep and such good well-being by just doing that for 10 to 15 minutes every single day.
0: I love that. When you watch the sunrise, are you meditating as it's coming up? Or what is your personal practice with that? It's so beautiful. I want to know a little more.
3: I typically um, practice um, mindfulness at that point. Um, I just listen to the birds and the noises because no one's up at that time because everyone's still sleeping um so I just listen to the birds and the wind and the trees and just try and be mindful um and then I go and have my food in in the morning so I have my um food pre-made in the fridge so I'll get that and then go and sit back outside and enjoy that and then um I will start my 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 journaling and my gratitude um and then I'll go about my um my day
0: oh I just love hearing anybody's morning routine is just thrilling to me. Sounds glorious. That's, I'm going to add the watching the sunrise to my morning routine. I
3: so. love that.
0: Well, thank you, Andy, so much. I love all of the information you have in your mind. It is so fascinating to me. And I really love these wonderful tools you have to really improve all of our lives in a fairly easy way. So thank you so much for your time and for your knowledge and all of your wonderful research.
3: You're very welcome. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have um, this comment to have had this conversation with you. And um, yeah, I just hope that we've empowered at least one person that listens. And, you know, just one quick thing before I go, um, I love to mention the um, not for profit um, that we work with as well, restoring vision in the US. Um, they put reading glasses on people in the developing world that can't afford them. Um, and for every pair of, of blue blocks um glasses we sell we donate a pair to restoring vision um to make sure that they can keep up with their quota of of putting reading glasses on people that can't afford them in the developing world so i just love their work and if people want to check out restoring vision please do um super important giving that gift of sight to those those in need
0: that's very cool i love that what a wonderful way To do good while also improving our own lives. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, thank you, Andy. Okay, well, everybody, let's find the magic.
1: Me, 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 me. (laughs) Brown cows.